Welcome, sister. So now that everybody has their stun guns and their pepper spray, um, I want to just go into a lot more detail on why this is a requirement for defense um, and, you know, in our group. And it's because a stun gun is the step before you escalate force. So a gun is considered to be deadly force. No matter if you shoot the person's leg, the arm, anybody that discharges a gun um, in court, in a legalese setting, you are held liable for somebody that is intending to inflict deadly force. It's not like, oops, you know, I wasn't intending for him to die. So anytime that you discharge a gun, um, there's a risk of severe injury or the person dying. And you, you know, you can't just shoot people on the street without having to answer for it. Obviously, that person has a family. The family probably thinks they're the best person out. They don't deserve to get shot. They want to sue you. They want to take you to court. So a stun gun is a way to um, reach the first step of escalating force before you have to actually pull out your gun and go through court. Even if you win the case, those of you who have been, you know, on the other side of the of the court system, it is a drag. It is, um, you know, financially intensive. It's something that you want to avoid. So um, in the event that somebody's attacking you, somebody's harassing you, um, you know, you can pull out your stun gun or your taser, depending on the distance that the person is from you. Remember that the taser is for, for greater distances and the stun gun is for somebody that's, you know, trying to be all up on you. And um, shock them, you know, and and neutralize and paralyze their nervous system, which gives you enough time to escape. That's what you want to do. From the moment that you realize that your shock is successful, then you get out of the area. It's called a duty to retreat in the legal field. That means that once you can escape, once your attacker is neutralized, you must leave the area. Unless the person is charging up against you, unless the person is still trying to attack you, then obviously you have every right to fire a weapon if you are a firearm um, owner and you're in the possession possession of it. Okay, so that's where we're getting to. We're getting to escalation of force. You want to avoid all of this legal drama. You just want to get out the area. You want to get home safely and, you know, with your life and limb intact. So this is why it's a requirement for everybody to have a stun gun and a taser. I know the tasers cost a little more, but it's important to have. Um, ideally, you want to have your stun gun in your bag on your person. Wherever you are um, going, if you're, you know, somebody who takes public transportation or in your car, you want it to be very accessible. When I mean in your bag, sisters, I don't mean in that bag where you have a whole bunch of things on the bottom and you got to shuffle through it to get through it. It needs to be very, very accessible. So if you want to put it on the handle of your regular bag, you know, on a keychain, then it's better like that. So ideally, you want your stun gun and you want your taser and you want your pepper spray to be very, very accessible. It could take a matter of minutes that can make a decision between you coming out alive and you not coming out alive. And accessibility is a huge factor. And women kind of tend to not be very good at that because we tend to carry a lot of bags, a lot of things when we're moving about. So you want to have it in a very accessible place. The second thing to that is um, you want to make sure, if, especially if you have children in the home, make sure that your stun gun and your taser is in a, in a safe location. You know how small children are. You know how teenagers are. They're very curious. You don't want them playing around with that. So I really wanted to point that out to keep it in a safe area, in a, in a secure location, in a case that's locked away from your children. Um, 
you know, it's just a, it's just how children are. They're curious about things like that. The other thing that I wanted to cover as well is the importance of pepper spray. Everybody will be carrying pepper spray. Ideally, you want to have two and three. So if you're driving, you want one in your glove compartment, you want one in your car, you want one, you know, anywhere that you spend a lot of time and you're always frequently frequenting that place, you know, as a fixed location, for example, your workplace in your car, you want to have your pepper spray in there. How do you use pepper spray? It's very important to know that you want the pepper spray to be sprayed into the mucous membranes of your attacker. That means the eyes inside the nostrils, inside the mouth. And if somebody's trying to sexually assault you, you, you spray it, you aim to the tip of their penis, you know? And that's something they're gonna have to explain in the ER. That's not your problem. Nobody told them to come try to rape people and do all of that. So you ideally want to spray it inside the mucous membranes of your attacker. That's where it's gonna have the maximum effect, the maximum sting, the maximum burn, straight up in their eyes, straight up in their nose, straight up in their mouth. Any opening in the skin, you want to spray your pepper spray there. So I just want to be clear on the use of pepper spray when it comes to that. So now that we have why we need stun guns, how to store the stun guns, um, you know, how to use your pepper spray, we're going to go on now to talk about different situational awareness tips. Um, we need to be situationally aware when we're... Um, aware, excuse me, when we're moving around, when we're going from place to place, there, these things can, can make a huge difference in whether you're, you're viewed as a victim or a target or whether somebody's not going to mess with you. So just please listen and replay this podcast, take the notes that you need to review the treat sheets, and we're going to get into situational awareness. Peace.